What's going on and welcome back to the Kicking It With podcast. I'm your host, Zach Holcomb, and today on episode 008, we are talking with Tom Murphy. So Tom has been in uh, added manufacturing for pretty much a decade, something like that. You're going to find out more here in just a minute, but we should chat about uh, him getting started, the early breaks that got him uh, interested in the field, and then what he's been up to ever since breaking in. We also should chat about the COVID outbreak because no one's talking about that, so we figured we should... So I think you're really going to like this episode. Uh, take a peek. Take a listen. Let me know what you think in the comments below. Appreciate it. Enjoy. Hey, Tom. How's it going, man? Good. Can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sorry for running How are you late, doing man. today? Doing all right, doing all oh, right. No worries. We ran out to get, uh, we like kind of stacked up our day today and we were kind of full like from this through like three o'clock. So we were like, all right, let's run out. We'll grab some, uh, go to the store and get some cases of water real quick and grab some breakfast. And then we stopped at a spot downtown for breakfast. It's like a small town. And uh, there's like a zillion people there, you know, wanting to chat about everything and all the changes. So I was like, well, we're not going to be back in time. <laughs> so I know where it's going. Anyway. Well, man, what's been going on? I mean, uh, stinking AMUG canceled, whole world shutting down, man. It's been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was supposed to fly out today to, uh, to go. I, I generally go on the weekend to help volunteer, mm-hmm. catch up with some old friends. And, uh, yeah. So it's disappointing, but obviously understandable with the, what's going on. It's yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure, man. It's nuts. Um, but I see. I see there's a lot of uh, webinars being pushed out and a lot of communication. So it's, uh, it's good. We'll still get some, uh, some of that information. Um, we, won't, we, we won't get that, uh, we'll say networking time, um, mm-hmm. that we usually do, but, um, I've already had a, a couple calls and catch up this week with people that I was supposed to meet next week. There you go. There you go. That's good. That's good. So is that pretty How much, are you, guys doing? you know, we're doing all right. I mean, the kind of the funny thing is watching, I mean, like we're not doing as much business as we were doing. That's for sure. I mean, it's definitely like affected our flow of work, but, um, in terms of like health and stuff we're you know, we're great. We're down here in like a little rural area that nobody likes to come to and nobody likes to leave. So we've been, <laughs> we've been kind of blessed by that so far in, in terms of those things, but downtown, isolated town. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, I mean, we don't even hardly have uh, people using social media. So, I mean, they're not even getting like viruses on their computers for the most part. So it's pretty, pretty safe. <laughs> Digital and physically safe. Yes. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, how are the schools? I take it the schools are shut down there as well? Or Yeah, they did a two-week shutdown. So we're halfway through that today. But I have a feeling that's going to get extended. But, uh, yeah, we've been kind of doing that. We've kind of been like, uh, we've kind of been... Uh, like the last month or so we've been kind of, I don't know, doing some research on homeschooling for our kids, just like curious. And, um, cause I'm kind of, I think that the, you know, the way I think things are shifting very quickly and I'm not so sold on, like I'm not a college attendee or anything like that. And I just, stuff is changing so quickly. And this is like before the whole coronavirus thing. Like I think a lot of stuff is going digital. It's pretty obvious by the way I do stuff with my business for marketing. I don't, 
they canceled a bunch of trade shows and like I was bummed about a mug cause I personally enjoy hanging out with people with that one, but I'm not like my whole schedule is not wrecked for the next three months because there's no get togethers. So I'm kind of like pro digital anyway, but anyway, we were, we we're kind of like researching homeschooling to begin with. So this is a nice, good, uh, nice, good little dry run for us on that. So that's been going pretty well. Definitely. And, uh, with everybody else using it, right. It's, it's definitely increasing the capabilities that, They've done the lesson plans mm-hmm. that Scholastic, I think, put out like a huge um, free package for people to, to use with nice. kids at home. Nice. I haven't seen that. I'll have to check so, that thing out. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, see if I can find it. I'll see if I can find the article. Nice. Yeah, we were looking at like some of the homeschool type options and I mean, some of the, like how they all do it, it's all like, uh, it's all internet based. They go on they pretty much play like games that teach them how to do stuff. It's, I don't know. It's kind of interesting, interesting to think about, especially now. I mean, now, <laughs> now the hand has been forced a little bit, so it's interesting to see how people are adapting to it. But you know, out here it's a rural area. It's kind of depressed. So there's not a ton of, you know, in Columbus, when we were up there, a lot of kids in like elementary school, like, you know, the elementary school has like 700 kids and they've got 500 Chromebooks. You know, out here that it's not a it's not like that so it's kind of interesting to watch we're like following what's going on from back home in columbus and how they're dealing with stuff and then kind of watching how it's going here locally it's it's a uh, interesting to watch yeah oh, it's uh it's definitely a trying time but uh, it looks like i saw one of the articles there is uh the crowdsourcing for three printers um where there's you know, thousands and thousands of people uploaded their contact for, for printing, um, on a Google sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So the one that, to, um, to say they're out there. Yeah. Stephanie Hendrickson had one going around to at least for us. That was, yeah. I saw people were adding on to pretty quickly. I don't know. It's been, uh, yeah, I put a video today just real quickly together of nesting those, uh, nesting Venturi valves in an HB build space. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that's that's my own little headspace there, watching the nesting on on, on magic. So I, I miss that. <laughs> I know, I love it. We were doing it the other day. We were, you know, we were playing the game of like, you know, what's best to do this. We've got like 380 millimeters in this thing. All right, if we divide that, and it looks like three rows is the most we can get. And then we were like, all right, let's limit the build height to just the height of the nozzle. So it's just like one plane of them. And then we took that and duplicated it and stacked them up three high and got that count. And then we, we still had like three inches above at the top. So we were like, all right, we've got like 75 millimeters left here. So then we like went back and we did a one, la- a one layer stack up of them. But instead of like a hundred millimeters, which was the height of the part, we gave it like 125. So we let them kind of jostle up and down just a little bit. And we got like another 10 yeah. in per layer. So we were like messing around with that. So like it took the, the build from like, uh, 315 millimeters for like 250 to like, uh, the full 380 millimeters for like 280 or 290 or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. I love that we were doing it. We have the three screen set up. And so we had three sets, three magic sessions up at the same time, running simulations with the different ones. And I turned around looked at the guys behind me. I was like, I could do this all day long. I could literally sit here and just run <laughs> nesting simulations till I died. Like <laughs> it's so fun to me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It must be uh, quite the workhorse you're, you're running that on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tank. It's a, well, when we have high school groups in, man, all the little gamer kids tell me more about my tower than I know about it. So that's kind of funny. 
but they're all like, Oh man, you guys play Fortnite on that. <laughs> We're like, no, but we can, we can run, we can run three sessions, sessions of uh, magics at the same time. It's pretty powerful. <laughs> so but yeah. Hilarious. yeah, it's fun stuff. So anyway, anyway. Yeah. It's uh, funny. I bought um, a little bot mini off eBay that was broken. So I bought it um, back in like January and then fixed it up. So I've been running that a little bit here and, Printed one of those uh, materialized the, the handles they created for mm-hmm. the doors. Yeah, just printed one of those for our apartment building. So nice. Uh, it's nice. like my first functional, other than a bottle, I will say. But uh, sure, um, probably my <laughs> first functional part. I, I, I've used it for. Right on, <laughs> right on. That's cool. Yeah, I had a company uh, reach out to me. They were like trying to have like five hundred of those things made. I was like, geez, gee, y'all. So we were joking. We've been laughing a bunch internally about kind of like the uh i don't know those things that we think are funny not i guess to preface this by like none of it's funny but things that we find yeah. mild humor in are the uh the direction to not shake hands with anyone right so like don't have hand-to-hand contact with anybody and when you cough don't cough into your hand cough into your elbow and then people meet each other in public and they like elbow bump. It's like, you guys just coughed into your elbows all day <laughs> and then touched them. <laughs> so we've been joking about that a whole bunch around here. It's like, geez, man, what can you do? What can you do? Yeah. Yeah. We've got our, uh, our office been shut down since Tuesday last week. Um, we've got, and then they've gone to essential staff in the factories right now. Mm-hmm. So we're uh, trying to minimize any contact. They've increased cleanings in the factories. For sure. Just from like all the public transit here, right? Like, uh, you know, up until I guess Monday last week, I went to the office and we were taking the train into the city and it was just like such a mix of people. So they decided to push everybody that can be remote, remote, and then made some shift changes to try and minimize um, people's contact in that. So it's going to be working out so far. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, have you guys um, have you guys seen like shift in who you're hearing from, or, is, or have things mo- like for us mostly this first week of like the isolation mode, we've just noticed like just overall slowdown, and we get the occasional call from the person you know the hospital with a valve or like this with a mask, but it's mostly like they're running around and and just grabbing like panic quotes almost. So I, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like it's going to, it's got to pick up, like it's got to, the wheel has to get back into motion here at some point, but, um, that's been our experience with it at least so far. How about you? Yeah, I don't, I don't know the exact, um, cause I'm, I'm more behind the scenes on planning for materials and that right now. So I haven't been nice. seeing the, the, the big impact, but I know there's definitely been a slowdown. Um, there's been some people reaching out on the medical side, like you said, that uh, are trying to look at some things. And I know our CEO was, um, he's on the manufacturing board of NYC. So he's been in contact with several companies. Uh, you know, if they need to ramp up manufacturing, we're here. So mm-hmm. um, just like everybody, right? He said yeah. uh, the AM magazine um, definitely put out that list. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody's the same, same idea. Let's, uh, let's try and, you know, defeat this um, all together. Yeah, it's been really cool to watch everyone network together and um, in and kind of like join arms in 
you know, let's, let's put together the network or the web, so to speak of everybody that's out there, that's got capabilities and, and put it all in one place. I mean, that's something that like, you know, we, there were some companies that had kind of collated that information, but it, it's been cool for our industry to see. I mean, there's, I feel like I have a pretty decent um, temperature on the industry, but like there's places I've seen on those lists. I'm like, I didn't know that place existed. Holy cow. They've got those, they got three different technologies. I didn't even, I've never even heard of them. Like, so that's been kind of cool. I think yeah. to see the industry kind of come together and, uh, and rise up without, you know, being at each other's throats and fighting for every little, every little job. It's been, it's been kind of cool to watch that camaraderie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the good of mankind or humankind. Right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's been kind of, it's like we, uh, we all didn't get to go have that moment together in March and, uh, in Chicago at AMUG. So we're just all doing it, uh, remotely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've actually got a, a call with Brett today, um, from the scholarship committee there, mm-hmm. um, to kind of catch up on a couple of things for some planning. So, um, and then just trying to keep in contact with a couple of, like I said, a couple other people that was, were, uh, we're planning to get together next week, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll uh, postpone that for the next event. The second half of the year, we'll, we'll hope to, to get some of those together. But uh, obviously, with like Google um, Hangouts and Zoom and all these tools, it's very easier to get together. Yeah, digitally. Yeah, it's kind of funny, man. I was talking like I think I actually did a podcast in like January and mentioned it on there, but like around locally or people that know me kind of closely, like I'm, some people would say I'm very much a futurist, but like I've been kind of preaching this thing of like, guys, I'm telling you everyone having a 10 by 10 booth set up for their business and having that in the trunk of the car and everyone traveling around and going to different cities and doing these conventions, like that's going to end in the near future. And not, I never was saying that for, you know, pandemic or, or health reasons. I just think it from a digital and a technology sense, that's where the world is headed. I think that, I think that a mugs in 2030s are going to be like, we're all going to sit down and put on a headset and we're going to be in a little area in a room of our part of our office. And we're going to all walk around like we're on the Sims and go into the different digital rooms and watch digital presentations and things like that. Like, I think that's what's going to happen in the world. And so I was kind of like talking like that and, you know, some people think that's crazy and then to watch it all kind of unfold and see a conference get canceled and then watch one kind of spring up like uh, the one that uh, Link 3D put together where they're doing a, doing like a digital additive conference and having little uh, networking sessions and stuff. So it's cool. Yeah. You and Brent are, uh, are still doing your presentations there, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were able to. We're swinging, yeah, we were able to swing Brent's presentation to that. And then I think what we're going to do for like the machine maintenance stuff is I think I'm going to do it. Um, I might kind of try and get together with all the folks that we're going to be on the panel with that thing and kind of do something with that as well. Just kind of make it like some video content to post later, but it won't be a part of the machine maintenance won't be a part of the event next Tuesday and Wednesday. We're going to do the prosthetics freeform plus design stuff, but, um, but yeah, yeah, it'll be pretty cool. I think that it's, I think it's a great idea. I mean, the way they're able to jump on that and have the resources to throw at it, to pull something like that off in three weeks, four weeks is, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. Um, looking forward to seeing it. There's, uh, and there's a bunch of other ones coming out too that, uh, mm-hmm. it'll keep, it'll keep us busy, but we're, uh, confined to our, um, our places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of love it on a personal note. Like, 
watching watching a lot of companies that are traditional in every sense squirm at the notion that they now have to only contact leads via social media and to watch how many of them cannot help themselves but to put out the hey contact me for the list of materials and we can get you do you know it's like guys the world is kind of in a shutdown like we're in day like five of it and you're like filling my feed with a sales pitch like <laughs> relax a little bit here <laughs> you're gonna be plenty of time it's kind of interesting for me watching people transition to that oh crap and that now how do i how do i drum up sales leads and uh and networking and watching them adapt again it's kind of interesting yeah and uh like you said you've been you've been pretty well you've been ramping up your uh not since this but like since last year since when did you move out was it last summer yeah september september mm-hmm. yeah so it's been it's been great watching uh, you ramp up those videos on linkedin and that so um we'll uh Hopefully some other people will also start taking that, that lead that you've been doing. I think it, I've been seeing it happen at least the last couple of months. I mean, I was doing it a bunch there previously and then, uh, kind of tapered off and then some folks kind of, uh, you know, kind of added to it. It's been cool to watch, man. I mean, I like watching, uh, the CNC world. I think it's just a numbers game, but the CNC world has been having a lot of folks kind of step into putting out content of them doing cool setups and neat tricks with their machines and stuff and less of the like the graphic with all of their um you know just posting the graphic with the link to the quote page and here's my email link and here's our services and the machines we have it's been kind of nice i like it it's been uh i think like linkedin as a whole has been experiencing that and it's been nice to it I, it's been cool to watch linkedin kind of unknowingly priming itself for this type of a worldwide event. I mean, I think that, I think that platform is going to really take off even more so now that folks are, uh, are remote. So, uh, are we going to see any more TikTok videos soon? I don't know, dude. That's a good point. I actually, <laughs> my kids have been trying to get me to do more. We picked, <laughs> we picked up just dance 2020 for the switch and, uh, oh, that's awesome. Dude, it's a fun game. It's a really fun game. So I was hands down the worst. It's uh, so it's me, my wife, and my two daughters, and then my brother and his fiance uh, live down here with us now. So the six of us will play, and four of us can go at one time. And I think I was the worst of the six um, early on, but I'm starting to slowly pick it up. But uh, yeah, my brother is a super cheater with it, man. He just like manipulates the hand motions of the controller and doesn't doesn't get all into it with the body <laughs> motions. So we're, we're trying to figure out some rule system where you have to move your feet because <laughs> he'll just, he could play on the couch and probably beat us because he just cheats like that. But you know, it's like we bowling back when we were kind of coming up, how you could, if you could figure out the yeah, flick yeah. of the wrist, you could just bowl a 300 or like a two two eighty eight or whatever. So yeah, it's kind of funny, but yeah, the, the TikTok videos, man, they're fun. I've been actually, I started doing this the other day out of kind of just pure boredom it's been something that I wanted to do for a while, but like editing videos and putting a little bit more time into them other than just like ripping them and, and posting them kind of like putting a banner on there or doing something like that. So I started doing that the other day. It's kind of fun, but I don't know. Like I don't, I'm not like very, a very patient person. <laughs> I kind of get to like the 20, 30 minute limit and I'm just yeah. like, does this look good? Is everybody cool with this? All right, good. We're, we're just going to push it out and I'll just make the, make the next one better. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I've I've got a couple of friends that uh, 
do quite a few Instagram stories and stuff, and it's nice. uh, it, it's a lot of effort. Yeah, all the formatting is the biggest pain for me. Is learning all that stuff and the pixel count and all that junk. I don't know. I did one the, uh, yesterday, and I was like all proud of myself because I did it in one to one ratio. And I was like, "Look, man, it's perfect for Instagram." I was all proud, and I was all proud, and I showed it to everybody. And then I went to post it to Instagram, and it was over a minute. And so it was like, "Cool, do you want to post that? Uh, the just a one, the first minute of it, or do you want to post the full thing, long video?" I was like, "Long video, it's a great video. I made it, like, right." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, cool. Well, that'll be IGTV." And then because it was in one to one, it stretched it the whole uh, upright you know, like portrait. I was like, dang it, dude. So I like go back, take it into a new project and set the new, I was like, Oh man. But yeah, I was feeling like really, really, I just started to like feel confident. And then I went to post it and just got kicked right back in the teeth and had to like, you know, put my head down and walk back to the table. (laughs) This guy walked by, he's like, what are you, uh, you re-exporting that video? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Learning about formats. (laughs) So it's fun. fun, That's how you learn. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So definitely how uh, I've gone through a lot of additive, we'll say. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the best way to learn really an additive I think is by failing. We, we were talking about this internally the other day too. Um, Cause I mean like we post when we fail things as well sometimes, but um, you know, like we've definitely had some failures happen and some of them are like, Hey, this guy's socket was not on his leg and he pulled up and opened his car door and it fell out and it chipped it. And we're like, like you know yeah we didn't uh we didn't account for it to be f- dropped out of an f-150 on the pavement so yeah how do we add that uh force angle <laughs> to the to the equation yeah. so we've kind of like started to do some internal things where we're going to start putting together like uh reports on everything that does break or fail whether it's due to a design failure due to uh, a catastrophic random thing or you know just like uh yeah, yeah. Another thing called like act of god or whatever along those lines but so we can kind of have a a catalog yeah lessons learned that's uh that's awesome it's it's something that we can fall back on uh, when i was in the military we did a lot of lessons learned it was always something that we we tried to always account for even when you can't account for it right it's uh mm-hmm. Yep. And then somebody in the future, or like, I know you guys are really good about sharing your data. So it's uh, somebody else on in another country or something sees it, they can learn from your lessons, which you know, it helps the world go round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it allows you to have a much larger impact for sure. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of our thing. Like, we're just, we're, we're kind of, uh, we're kind of anti patent, and yeah, that's exactly it. If I can share, and you know, that's because, because even to like the HP stuff for me is like, if I can show you that my recoder um, was going back and forth and in this panel, they didn't tighten all the wires really good or harness them really well. And this can happen and this can wear loose. And then this cable gets caught and it shuts your machine down. Like if some guy running in a country that he's like the only machine in his country, he's not getting really good tech support like all the time. And if that person's able to pick up on that and like, completely skip out on that service call then great i mean that that happiness for them doesn't come out of my happiness like i'm not i'm not out anything because i gave away that information by any means so i don't know i think that's just the way that i think it's a different a different way of thinking of things but it's definitely the way that, yeah. that we view it and i know, know amug used to have um my first amug in jacksonville um a couple years ago um 
they had actually like a table, you know, how they have their competition for the technical and, um, and the uh, modeling mm-hmm. uh, one. They also had a, a failure competition. So a bunch of people brought failed builds. Oh. It was, uh, it was really interesting to see. I think that's a great idea, man. If they had a failed builds thing where like, and you had to like, like a part of it was kind of like your report as like what went wrong or like you, you write like a one page memo of like, uh, explaining the catastrophe that is on the table. That would be really cool. I think that'd be really sweet. That could, oh man, that should be like a hashtag or like a YouTube channel as people can just like literally, uh, hopefully someone out there with more time than me will pick up this idea and run with it. But do a YouTube channel where you just have people submit videos of them showing complete failed builds and you just post nothing but that on a whole channel. That would be awesome. The amount of like that would really accelerate the entire industry across the world quickly, I think. Yeah, definitely. So how is like, so you've got military background and experience. So how does that like you, you kind of related it to how you do things in additive, but like, from a, from a larger sense. I mean, I know like folks that have that sort of like a background, it affects them in how they operate and how their brain works and thinks and and processes across all of life. But like, how has that worked for you specifically in 3d printing or in additive manufacturing? Uh, so when I got into additive, it was actually, uh, I came down, I was in the Canadian Canadian army and I got an exchange posting with the U S army in New Jersey. And uh, I didn't quite know the the full expectations of the role, but I thought it was an opportunity that like, there's there's few exchange positions out there. And so Sean and I decided to take the opportunity to come down and, and see what the role was. And it was working with the Advanced Materials Technology Branch at Ardec, um, the Armament Development, or Research Development Engineering Center, that's now called CDC Armament. And, uh, my first job was actually building up a, a educational presentation on the different types of additive out there. So this was in 2013. So just when like ASTM and ISOs were starting to ramp up before mm-hmm. they came up with their terminology, um, I built up a presentation on what the different technologies are. Because you know, some people hear 3D printing and all they know is you know FFF or FDM, yep. or they all they know is uh, SLA, so they hear the term rapid prototyping and they think, oh, that's an SLA print. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, that that can be, if if you've seen SLA prints from you know, the 90s and early 2000s, you might have had a bad experience where you, you printed something and it was this beautiful model, form fit, it was perfect what you needed, and then somebody accidentally dropped it or tried to bend something and it just shattered, right? Yep. Um, and so I built that out. Um, uh, I took chemistry in school. I was a maintenance officer in the military. So replace, repair parts was something that I was interested in. And then from that presentation, I, I continued to work on building up the lab we had. Started with several printers in our in our lab. And then after three years, we had 20 plus machines. And so I got to actually get some experience on a, a bunch of different technologies. And, before I left, uh, my last project was actually doing spare parts for EOD robots. So uh, nice. if you think about supply chain, uh, if you're in the International Space Station, it's a perfect example. Uh, you know, if you want to get a part up to the space station, you, know, you have to send this like billion dollar rocket, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So for the military, same idea. They're all over the world in locations where they might not have a repair part. And with the, the EOD robot, the alternative for that robot being broken is a soldier putting on a bomb suit. So nice. it was an easy, easy win to say, well, let's print this part, get the robot up and running. Mm-hmm. It may only work that one mission, but now that soldier can be operating a robot instead of you know, being in a bomb suit. And so that was how I really got into additive. And after that posting, uh, the exchange position, I had, uh, got moved back to Ottawa into a role that wasn't using additive. And my, Shauna had a really good position in New York City in marketing. So we thought, well, this is a great opportunity that I'll leave the military, try and go into private and, and found some private roles down, down in New Jersey. So it's been a, a blast. Right on, man. That's sweet. That's really cool. Yeah. And then, I mean, the stops that you've kind of made, you know, on your professional and the private have been kind of cool too. I mean, you've been able to work with lots of technologies and, and kind of be really rounded in that sense. I mean, even with some, um, some, some like negative manufacturing, uh, technologies and stuff like that. So that's been, that's been cool. You've kind of been able to have that full rounded experience. You know, some folks come in and then they, like you said, they get really in on SLA or triple F or, SLS and they really go deep down into the, into those holes, but, and that's what they associate is 3d printing. So yeah, it's cool to, uh, cool to see like that you get to have that wide experience. Yeah. It's just another tool in the toolbox and people have to know, you know, a Phillips or a flathead, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's FFF or LA. It's, they're, they're just different opportunities to use them for different, different applications. Yeah, for sure. I totally yeah, agree. I that's fortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've worked with, uh, you know, a lot of STEM um, outreach um, when I was with the Army and then got to continue some of that. So, unfortunately, the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with FIRST Robotics. Uh-uh. Uh, FRC. So, FIRST Robotics is a high school competition where high school students get to build a robot and then compete. Um, so there are three robots against three robots. So it's not like BattleBots where sure. they're actually destroying each other. It's uh, So there's a set strategy of like a role of what they have to do. So um, this year I was actually Star Wars themed. Um, so Disney worked with first. And uh, so you had to you know, uh, complete different tasks with your two other robot teammates. And uh, due to the situation, obviously it's all been canceled right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these students, uh, they get to build the robot, they do business plans, they um, they do scouting, they, they work with other teams. And so um, getting to help educate them on, you know, not every 3D printed part is, you don't want to 3D print everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had, um, and it was a really good uh, lesson learned for them, um, I think it was two seasons ago, they had to pick up a, um, a cube, which was a milk crate. And so they, they designed this 3D printed part um, that was essentially like a, a U-shaped arm holder. And then they had two printed mechanisms that would actually pick up the, the crate. Um, and uh, so StudentQuest actually donated this part. They printed it on a Forge 900. It was a massive ABS part. Um, nice. What they didn't tell me they were doing was, before the competition, they put this aluminum bar across the two top pieces. And they ran... the in autonomous mode, part of the competition, they ran it into a corner um, and it hit the aluminum bar, which meant that the 
the huge ABS part um, was the give point because the aluminum obviously would not bend mm-hmm. and it just snapped. And it was like the first, first competition of the day. Um, <laughs> so the students got to learn that, yeah, like three printing, everything does not always work. So we had to go back to the pit, fix it and uh, you know, quickly scramble up a, a new, new project. But it was an awesome lesson learned for them to see that like, Hey, just because you sprint it doesn't mean you should. So yep. Yep. Um, that's something I really enjoy. Yeah, that's cool. I really like that, man. And like not, you said, not the heartbreaking. <laughs> right. I like that though. Cause I mean, they get to learn, hey, learning through adversity, man. That's a, that's a quick way to learn. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. I agree though with the not, uh, you know, not everything is meant to be 3d printed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like just cause you can, or just cause you've got a 3d printer doesn't mean that that's the best. I mean, we're kind of seeing some of that with, I think, you know, some of the stuff going around right now and the craze, like the 3d printed masks. I think some of those are kind of like, if you're looking at one of them today. I'm like, yeah, but like, how does that actually seal off around your face? <laughs> like, it's a cool idea, <laughs> but, um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure that that's the solution, but yeah, it's cool, man. I like that you, uh, you get to work with the kids and stuff. Did you see the, uh, I saw a post this morning, Jason Lopes posted that, um, he'd be willing to work with teachers that have classes um, where he could do remote presentations f- on like 3d printing for students. I thought that was a pretty cool little, uh, little post that he put out there. So I tried to try to link him up with a local teacher here to us here in Kinston that just got a, she brought some students in a month or maybe like a month after we got here and uh, we had a real fun experience together. And then she went raced home and wrote up a grant for 3000 bucks for some printers uh, that I had, kind of told her about and uh she won that grant so i'm trying to loop her up with that get her and her students so yeah it's pretty cool man it's pretty cool stuff yeah so then they can design uh stuff and and then Mm -hmm. work with somebody like jason so jason can actually send a file to them and they can actually print it on their on their printer right yeah it'd be cool it'd be cool so if nothing else if he can you know if he's doing uh He's doing little presentations, kind of just expanding the horizons on all of the technologies. Because, you know, I think kids are kids are one of the, it's just because of experience, but those are definitely the folks where they have, they think of one version of 3D printing as 3D printing. And so when you start, you get in, you teach them about 3D printing, and then you like teach them about all the different styles, techniques, and things like that. It, uh, it gets really cool. Yeah, I have um, I have a titanium bottle in there that I got from Autodesk years ago, nice. and uh, when I show people that this is three D printed, they're like, "You can three D print metal," <laughs> and it just like blows their mind because, like you said, they all they think of is you know the little you know FFF systems that they see in libraries and schools, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting to see. And I'm sure like when a kid saw your your HP system, they were probably blown away with the parts and, and the way technology's taken off in the last. Um, you know, five five years I'd say is probably like the the, the biggest push with like materials coming out. Where you know, now we're getting a lot more end use applications where you know mm-hmm. you can you can run you know and, and you guys are doing it every day, right? So you've seen seen it as well. It's, it's awesome to see. Yeah, it's cool. I think a, a big thing that's part of it too is we're getting younger minds that are coming up through uh, with it and having it available as an end use option. And so it's starting to really shift the products that we're seeing towards uh, more products that are designed for production using an additive process. And I think that's, that's really when we're going to see the 
things accelerate big time is when, yeah when, when from the beginning yeah, the, of the know, design process yeah yep yeah you can think outside the box at the start you don't have to you know you're not trained to only do you know this this cut or you know remove less material is better if you're thinking cnc mm-hmm. um, you know whereas now you can actually use you know some of the software out there to, to optimize the parts to actually be uh, more efficient on the material cost or how you nest it mm-hmm. yeah wait pretty cool to see. yep yep yeah, it's really neat. I think, you know, it's a big, it's a big mind shift. You know, I've, I've experienced like working with folks that are even, you know, not even that, you know, like there's the folks in, you know, this will be like super general and I'll probably get crushed for, for saying it, but like in general folks aged in the forties, fifties, sixties doing this stuff, they've just been for a long period of time, their brain has been operating with a set of parameters and to have, this, those parameters be changed in what's available. It's not, it's not a conscious decision by them to not adapt. It's just the way the mind works. Whereas a, someone that's 22 to 30 right now has not had all of that gating around their creativity. It's, I really think that it's just, it's just science that those minds are able to be more creative and come up with more things because they just don't have as many guidelines in place or trained trained guidelines yeah definitely and uh you know on that side too though we have to make sure that we we still include the education about traditional manufacturing so that they understand that uh you know like there's that there's kind of a skill gap and i don't want to say well like mm-hmm. you know 30 to 40 in that in that range you said like there's there's people that have only ever worked with 3d printing like i'm i'm one of them where i i have very limited experience with injection molding cnc you know, I've worked with some really good people that have taught me tons of information, um, but I, I've never actually physically done that, you know, design for injection molding. Um, so, you know, kids nowadays trying to learn and make sure they understand all the different tools out there um, is something we really need to start focusing on, too, just so that, like you said, they don't see that, you know, small FFF system and think this is all they have. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right there too. It's not to just do the traditional um, thing of, okay, now we need to do this. Let's throw all of our resources all the way over here on this extreme and try to and try to tilt the table really quickly. I think you're right. It's more of a, we need to teach the more rounded and not just go into a, let's just teach, uh, just teach designing for additive and forget about all the traditionals because then we're going to end up with just people that can design for additive and no one that can design or no one with the hand skills to produce traditionally. And then we're going to end up with a situation in the U S like we kind of have now where we've got a bunch of people with college degrees because we went so far away from trade and instruction and went so heavy into computer and let's all get degrees instruction that now we're so heavily weighted and people that can, design, think and manage workforce, but we don't have enough people to do workforce and do some of those, um, the physical task and those things that require the hand skills and stuff like that. So I think you're right. I think that's something that at least locally I'm seeing a lot here in the rural area is the school, the college or like the community college here locally knows it needs to get more technology, like have more technology based teaching, but they also know that they still need to teach the kid how to run the manual lathe along with teaching them how to run master cam. So that's kind of really cool. They're, they're aiming more towards kind of what you said of 
instructing the well-roundedness and not jumping to the extremes. Yeah. No, uh, it'll be interesting to see where things go. And, and I'm sure a lot of the conferences coming up will start pushing on it too. Uh, I know there's, you know, companies like American makes is working on some workforce development stuff. Um, and you've got uh, the government working on, on things so that they're educating on both traditional and additive. Mm-hmm. I guess that term traditional manufacturing, I guess we can start to kind of put the, put the rest in and it's just call call it all manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I think this, this whole thing of, uh, this whole supply chain shift that's going on right now too, is going to really put, bring it to the forefront even more. And I think it's for, for folks like you and me that are kind of in, and probably a lot of folks that would be listening to content like this already into it and working, working in these kind of makerspace type, uh, industries and, to see how supply chains and concerns as we're watching things unfold internationally right now, I think it's going to be cool to watch. I think a lot of stuff is going to start. I think we're going to get way more cognizant as a society to making sure that we can produce the items needed to survive within borders or at least on the, in the continent. You know, I think of it as a, a Canada, us, Mexico type of a thing. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting. It's a, it's a very interesting time. <laughs> to be in, in, in something that's kind of cutting edge during a time when like markets are kind of uneasy. But I think, uh, I think overall we'll come out a lot better for it. Oh, definitely. Like you said, everybody's sharing right now. There's a lot of lessons learned and, uh, it'll be, I'm sure we'll have lots of good conversations, uh, conversations at AMUB in 2021 about uh, oh, yeah. what happened and what we learned. So I look forward to, getting together next year uh, but i'm sure i'll i'll see you before that for sure man for sure well cool brother i know we're up against it on time here so i'll uh i'll cut it cut it here and, and let you loose i appreciate you taking the time man to chat this was cool this was fun i know we uh, we didn't get any time to speak uh in person so we got to take all those five minute conversations and just put them together into one 40 minute conversation so i'm glad we got to catch up man no it was good to talk to you and happy happy belated birthday hope you had a, a good time um, I know there's uh, quite a few birthdays out there in isolation. So <laughs> for um, sure. happy, happy birthday to all those uh, March people. Yeah, for sure, man. I agree with you. Thank you though. Thank you. Well, cool, Tom. Great chatting with you, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, catch up with you soon, my friend. Yeah, you take care. All right, buddy. Be safe. Same. And that was Tom Murphy. He is uh, a, a good friend in additive manufacturing. He's been around uh, around for just about a, just about a decade in additive manufacturing, something like that. So really cool, well-rounded guy. Uh, knows a lot about different technologies in both uh, subtractive and additive manufacturing. So really cool to uh, get the time to, to sit, sit down and chat with Tom today. Uh, thanks Tom for taking the time to do so. Really appreciate it. I know we, uh, we were kind of bumping some things around trying to get stuff done. We had a week of travel that we both had planned and then, uh, things kind of fell apart. So we went back to, uh, you know, like everyone kind of picking up the pieces and getting things back in place here. So great to, great to pick up and chat with you. Really appreciate it again. And, uh, so yeah, thank you to everyone for listening. This was episode eight of the kicking it with podcast. And, uh, that was my guest, Tom Murphy. I'm your host, Zach Holcomb, and really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.